Welcome, everyone. This is Sandera Quackenbush, the host of Archetypal Tarot Podcast, and I'm here in this brilliant and bright new year of 2023 to welcome and interview Kara Simons. And I got lucky enough to receive her deck in the mail recently, Song of the Grandmothers. So we're going to be hearing the story and the stories around its creation and what it can bring to any of our listeners who are interested in this beautiful deck. So welcome, Kara. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to chat with you again. Great. So uh, I received, you know, just the, I, I'm a, I feel like a grandmother type of person, even though, um, you know, similar to you. And I, I'd love to hear the story that I wasn't close to my grandmothers either. So, but I, I feel drawn in by that energy and I've always been curious about it. And I've always loved it when it comes through fairy tales and folk tales. And now it's in a, an Oracle deck. So tell us about your experience with literal grandmothers and the inception of this deck. Sure. I would love to. So I, um, when I was eight years old, my parents left the Mormon church. They were part of many, many generations going, I think maybe six or seven generations back that had been devout members. And so there was a huge estrangement that happened in my family. We moved several states away. We pretty much cut ourselves off from, from everyone in the family that was still in the church because it was a very painful separation. And for those of you who might not know, um, within Mormon theology, if you have been part of the church and you leave, you're basically considered an apostate. Like it is, it is like the worst thing you can do aside from, you know, murder or something. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up from that point on without really having meaningful relationship with any extended family until my teens, I connected with um, my aunt and uncle's family. And so as a kid, I had these multiple feelings of being cut off and not belonging. And one of the most significant ones for me was not feeling like I had that that grandmother, grandparent kind of relationship that is different than a parent relationship. I have three girls and all of them have very close relationships with grandparents on both sides. And I, I didn't have that growing up. And then I also had lost any sort of belonging to a spiritual community and we were uh, we were uprooted from Utah where I grew up and lived in Wisconsin and we were in a brand new community. And so from that age on, I had a very strong sense of being separate and not being connected, not knowing where I belonged. And I was always jealous of my friends who found belonging through relationships with grandparents, with extended family, through church communities. But I felt that there's it's a very complicated story i've actually written a book that's in part about it but for me that loss of belonging and that loss of the traditional relationship with an elder was was really um a wound that i carried from my childhood forward mm. so fast forward many decades uh the year my youngest daughter was born i have 3 was 2017 and i was mourning a lot of things that year the loss of the way I understood my body because of motherhood changing it. And I was also coming to terms with some of that grief from being a child and not having those meaningful relationships. And I was wishing that I could go sit with a grandmother and that we could have tea and that I could learn from that emotional maturity and wisdom um, that comes from lived experience. And so I was feeling really sad about it and wishing that I had not missed out on it. And then this epiphany struck me that nature had always served that role for me. Nature had been 
this surrogate grandmother by offering me a place that I could go to feel held, to feel like I belonged, to receive that silent support of when we're outside, we can feel how it changes our emotions and our sense of being, (laughs) to be in that peacefulness, be in that harmony, be in that um, abundance. And so I started flooding backwards and thinking about different herbs and trees and um, animals that had been significant to me at different points in my life. And some of the lessons that I had learned from interacting with them, whether in an etheric plane or in the physical. And I suddenly had this, I'd never created a deck. I'd never entertained anything like that. I'd only been using um, decks for a couple of years at that point. And I thought, I'm going to make an Oracle deck about this. And it was originally just something I planned to use for myself, maybe to give a few friends and family members. And it it all just flooded through me very, very quickly. Um, there were 44 grandmothers that just marched right in. And so I was scribbling on post-its um, in the kitchen while I was making dinner. I was writing um, on my notes app on my phone while I was nursing my daughter. And it just lit a fire in me for something I love, which is gathering information and synthesizing it and sharing it. I have a journalism and a lawyer background, and both of those involve research and communication. And this was an opportunity for me to use those skills in a completely different way because I wasn't researching in a book. I was researching by observation, by putting out my spiritual antenna and hearing messages and believing that they were real. So it was a transformative experience for me. The deck came through in a matter of months. Um, I self-published it with photographs on each card. I wasn't planning to tell anyone, but I had this message come through one day when I was driving home from my law firm. Like, how are you? who are you to judge what people would think about it? And I realized in my fear of being judged by people who knew me in this you know, academic, logical brain capacity, I was actually judging other people by assuming that they would think less of me or that they would um, lose respect for me as an intellectual. And so I outed myself on Facebook. I shared about it and it opened up all these different doors for me that eventually snowballed into what I'm doing now. Um, This version, I'm I'm going on, this is kind of a long story, but this version of the deck is an expansion and a revisiting of that original version in 2017. And it's, uh, it includes like 22 more grandmothers, a lot of the original ones evolved and grew into a deeper understanding because of my own journey. And this one's illustrated by the wonderful Marty in the Sky, who is the illustrator and creator of the Gentle Tarot and has become one of my best friends. She's wonderful. And yeah, that's that's where we're at. There's so much more to all of that story, but that's the the bare bones of it. I love this. And, and, you know, that really came through to me about your other deck as well, the Prairie Majesty Oracle, your ability to, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a journalism for the other world or the, the, you know, the unseen world, but that is very real and, and that it can be channeled and, and interviewed and brought into your real life. I love uh, that on a daily basis. So I love that image of you writing the post-it notes and, li- you know, cooking your dinners and, and living mm-hmm. your life and uh, learning these lessons as you go through, as they come to you. So, uh, and you have uh, quite a few different types of sections that the grandmothers are organized into. Mm-hmm. You want to cover a little bit about how the how the deck is organized and, you know, these these sort of tribes of grandmothers that show up. Well, and much like with Prairie Majesty, I 
when I'm working with beings for a project, I just trust each one that shows up and it's sort of hidden from me, the big picture of it until it's done. I just have to keep taking these baby steps. So with the grandmothers, when I was nearly done with that original version, I suddenly, I was up late one night and I was, I had written all of their themes on index cards so that I could play. Cause I, I have a pet peeve with decks when all of the cards kind of mush together and they don't have distinct meanings. And that's just, that's just something personal about me, but I really wanted to make sure that the grandmothers each had a distinct voice and that I was capturing mm. like their facet of this great mother energy. And as I was doing that and grouping ones that I wanted to check, like, okay, are they distinct enough? I realized that the cards had organized themselves into these four categories. So the original four remain in the deck, uh, self-love, then harmony, growth, and possibility. So those were the original four categories. And I actually did use um, metaphors to do with music to kind of explain them. And uh, after I had done Prairie Majesty, I think it was like December of 2020, I started feeling this crocodile with me as this ambassador of a new category of grandmothers, the, destru the destruction grandmothers. And then I realized there was also a service grandmother category. And so as I pieced all of it together, I started to understand that what the grandmothers wanted to offer for people using the deck is to usher us through a cycle of personal development. And I believe that our healing and our learning is not linear. We're always going in these cycles. And so at the beginning of a cycle, we step into, we have to step into self-love, into this idea that, okay, I'm going to accept myself where I am without judging it. And then as we learn to hold that, we learn, okay, can I interact with others? Can I stay in that peace and that harmony of knowing myself when I'm being pulled by these relationships and ideas outside of me? And then we move into a phase of growth where we're getting stretched as far as our capacity to hold challenges and to navigate difficult experiences in life. None of us get to avoid those. We don't get to skip them. Mm -hmm. And then after we get through that, that process of being stretched by whatever's happening, it opens a portal. It opens a door of possibility. And so those grandmothers are helping us to make the most of that moment where something new is expanding and on our horizon for us to, to jump into. And then, so that's where the original deck ended, but now there's also the service grandmothers are next and they help us use what we've learned to offer something outside of ourselves. We're taking mm -hmm. the maturity and the wisdom that we've gained and offering it to our communities in some form of service. And then at the end of the cycle, we have the destruction grandmothers and they feel like such an important aspect of this deck that I just wasn't ready to understand all those years ago. And they really want to help us um, have a more neutral outlook on this idea of death and ending and destruction. We tend to get kind of excited about new births and uh, creation and the beginning of something. And I, they really want us to understand that the other side of that coin doesn't need to be scary, that just because destruction means an end, and it in some cases it can mean chaos or upheaval, it's kind of like the tower card in tarot mm -hmm. in right. a sense, but it's a way of there's uh, 11 grandmothers in that category. And they offer a lens for viewing all these different things that happen <laughs> that signal, okay, you've actually completed that cycle. Now- this is right before you're being broken open so you can enter a new cycle, which starts all over again with self-love. And so I really love that the structure that they gave me feels so nourishing because I can kind of identify as I use the cards, like, okay, here's where I'm at. I'm in a growth phase. It's going to be normal that I'll feel uncomfortable. 
and I'm going to feel like I'm not up to the challenge. Like that is a, you know, a hallmark feeling of that phase. And I think it can really, to be able to name where we are, helps us to move through the cycle without resisting it. Right. And uh, your your deck was my very special choice of the New Year's card that oh. uh, we drew for our archetypal tarot podcast this year. And so amongst a couple others, but I'll um, highlight yours. And uh, I picked the Grandmother Raven. I love that so much. She's the most influential and most intimate guide that I have. So I love that she was your, the one who showed up. That's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I realized that when I was reading your booklet too, because it, you know, where you detail the story, which you've given a great overview of, but it says Kara's story, and then it has uh, the raven right there looking <laughs> yes. um, to the next pages. So uh, tell me, um, so if this, you know, if this is, it, it could be for me, but it, um, we kind of choose it for the podcast and our listeners. So sure. if we're picking this as a collective card for 2023, uh, what, what can grandmother Raven, what, what is that distinct voice? Uh, and you can also talk about your personal connection to it as well. I want to hear sure. that story, but, uh, wh- where is she guiding us and what is she sharing? Yeah. I feel like I have to collect myself a little bit. I, I want to cry thinking of Raven energy for this year because it feels so potent. I think that we have all been collectively going through a big shedding and a big dismantling and it's been, it's played out differently for everyone. But I think part of the shared experience has been that we're sort of in unknown territory and there's been a lot of, of changes that have forced us to confront maybe the things that have been in the shadows or that we've kept hidden from ourselves or from the collective Um, consciousness that we share. So Raven energy for me feels like uh, what, what she showed me when I was writing with her for that deck is when we're in those situations where we feel like our backs against a wall and we're sort of like, we feel like we are at the edge of our ability to go on that this was so surprising to hear from her, but that congratulations are in order. And that when we feel like that, it's it's a chance for us to turn around and see that it's not a wall after all. It's just that we've hit the limits of our current understanding and that we're being asked to free fall into that mysterious void that we're all birthed from, this beautiful womb of the universe, or you can think of it like fertile soil. And it can be very scary when we're like at the edge. It's almost like you're falling off a cliff or something. But what Raven shows me is that we like we all have that expansive consciousness of our our spiritual selves that can never be lost or die that's always being reborn and that part of ourselves is what will catch us when we free fall into the void and so if we can do this ultimate trust exercise and surrender to the discomfort to the unknown to the mystery of it we'll learn to see that with different eyes our eyes can adjust to seeing in the dark and even though it might feel like we have no idea where we are or like we're lost, that's not the truth. It's just we're being asked to level up and to see mm-hmm. through a new lens. And it can be really scary. And I know for me personally, I've been moving through that energy for a while now. And I, a lot of people that I talk to, I do card readings locally and different friends of mine. I feel like that is an energy that a lot of people are moving through right now. And it seems like a lot of the training wheels or, um, you know, things that a lot of us have relied on for assurance that we're safe, those have kind of crumbled away mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. that 
that when we source our sense of safety in this connection to our larger selves, to our expanded consciousness, then it it's like it insulates us from all of the fears and worries that we are navigating in this like shared collective human experience. And I think it can really help us to keep going and to to hold on to our sense of hope and to our sense that there is more to come and that we can we can step into this brave new world and we can make things better. Um, but it does, it is a huge trust exercise. And I, I struggle with it too. I don't write these things because I've mastered them. <laughs> I write the things I need to learn and then I right. keep circling back to them over and over. Absolutely. Well, th- this card um, and the deck in general is just a great comfort to me. I I remember watching, I think it was the universe on Netflix or something. And it, there's this theory being postulated around the universe and that, you know, basically stars are dying and mm. that there's going to be this infinite amount of time where there's just black holes eating everything. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's not what my view of the universe has been, you know, where there's just always energy and expansiveness and beauty and mystery. And like, I was like, wow, being matter being eaten by black holes for um, billions of years wasn't really <laughs> something I was imagining. It was kind of uh, existentially unsettling. But then when I drew this card, I felt like, wow, this is this raven is taking me beyond my you know, all of our understanding of what we think is true and that mm-hmm. it's opening up uh, all these different folds in the universe that um, that are meant to be, you know, they're present and going through their own evolutions and uh, trusting and, and surrendering into that is uh, such a such a reminder and gift that I got through that card. So <laughs> Wow, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I, I think that is a gift that she continually gives to me of sort of the rebirth of, well, you never really arrive at a place of like, okay, I've arrived at this static truth and now it's all good. The lights are all on. Everything's fine. Like that, that's never going to happen. And sometimes when she really strongly shows up in my life again, there's a part of me that's like, oh gosh, oh gosh, I got a brace for this because I know that when she shows up, it's, it's, I'm going to be asked to level up in some way and that it's going to be hard, but it's mm-hmm. always worth it. It's always worth it. And she helps me to trust that every time I do it with her. Yeah. And that dissolving of the wall imagery, that really stuck out to me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been up against a wall in my personal work and, um, and I think level up is correct as well, because when that wall dissolves, it's not just like happy, happy, joy, joy. It's right. Oh, there's, um, I know what I'm doing better now, but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of um, stepping into newness and expansiveness. So, Mm -hmm. Well, and something I never thought about, I mean, she first showed me that imagery like five and a half years ago, but it just occurred to me that we sometimes source our understanding of where we are. Like, okay, I'm inside this room. I'm looking at these walls. I feel safe because I know the container that I'm in. I can define this universe. And when those walls fall away, like we're exposed. Even though it's it's um it brings happiness in the sense that oh there's no limitations anymore. But all of a sudden you're like, oh, everything is open to me. And that that can be a little bit unsettling when we've gotten attached to the room that we've been in for so long. Mm, isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. I'd never thought about it quite that way. So thank you. Great. Yeah, that's what I love about well, just Oracle cards in general, but they even when you create them, I've created my own story through Stone Deck, but uh 
it just evolves over time. It's always saying something new. It's not always saying mm-hmm. the same thing. And uh, I love that that voice that can come through depending on the situation where where you're going, where you've been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely evolving. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's, and I think this is a great card for every new year. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're kind of going so into too. the unknown in so many ways, right? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's go a little deeper now into the this grandmother energy. So mm-hmm. uh, we all have a, a variety of backgrounds and genders and uh and what is what is it specific to this grandmother energy that that speaks to everyone? Sure. So for me, uh, each grandmother is really like a facet of this diamond that I think of as the great mother. I know everybody has different uh, relationships and names with the divine, with the universe, with God, source, whatever whatever terms people use to describe that central intelligence that is full of love and creativity at the center of the universe. And I do think that there is a feminine aspect to that. And I think that each of us also carries, regardless of what body we're in or what gender we identify with, I think we all have access inside to this full spectrum of the masculine and feminine energy that are both needed to like complete that spectrum. And so for me, this deck is a tool that anybody can use, regardless of of how they identify or how old they are to access in a in a meaningful way the different um, pinpointed parts of that energy, of that great mother energy. I have, my youngest is about to turn six, but she sometimes is the one giving me grandmother energy <laughs> because, oh, wow. you know, to me, grandmother energy is, it's like this emotional maturity. It's a stability. Um, it's not a stability that's static. It's, it's a stability that flows more like water or wind. Um, that's always evolving and always changing, but it's but it's still constant. Or you can think of the moon, which has long been a symbol of the feminine. And the moon is the way we see the moon looks different every time. But the moon knows herself to always be full. She's always whole. And so that's just one example. There is a grandmother moon in the deck. And part of what she offers us is this opportunity to unify all these different aspects of ourselves, not only the different um, parts of our personality or our shadows, our gifts, but also the spectrum that we hold of that divine and um, divine masculine and feminine energy. So I guess to me, grandmother energy is, is a sense of fluidness, a sense of trust, a sense of um, just this maturity with emotions. I feel like each of these grandmothers are asking us to be present with what we're feeling and not run away from it and to let it move through us, let it change us, let it, let it help us and not uh, shut down. Right. Absolutely. Uh, makes me wonder where the grandfathers are hanging out. I know. About I actually have wondered sometimes <laughs> if if maybe there's a grandfather's deck. I don't know. Um, and actually, when I do readings for people, there are a couple of times when someone will feel uh, specifically a grandfather of their own who has crossed over already. And either the the words that are on the card or maybe the image will strongly remind them of that grandfather. So I do think even though the deck has the name grandmother in it, I think we all know people who are identify as male or who are in a male body that still hold some of that emotional maturity and wisdom and nourishment. So I don't think it's, to me, I don't think of any of that as dependent on the body that you're in. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's all an energy, a feeling that you can yeah. receive um, from 
so many different places. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what this really opens up with, with this connection to the natural world is that, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really blowing that, that whole like, Oh, grandmother's that older woman in my physical life. um, Right. Because so many of us don't have that. Like you said at the beginning. Exactly. And another thing that I feel like is kind of unique about this deck, I actually got the idea originally from the medicine cards deck, which was one of the first ones I ever purchased for myself. And it comes with blank cards to personalize. And so when I first put this deck out, I really wanted to have blank cards because I did want it to be a tool. If somebody has um, a being that they already associate with being a grandmother, whether it's an ancestor or a loved one who's crossed over, or maybe there's another nature element that's not in the deck, or maybe there's a, some figure from mythology that you identify with. Mm -hmm. And so you can create a card for them. There's six blank cards that come with the deck. And um, I've seen so far, I've seen a a grandmother rainbow that someone added or a grandmother cat. I know there've been others. I can't think of them Mm -hmm. offhand, but it's really cool to see how people are able to to use that to capture something that already has an association for them and make it part of the deck. Yeah, absolutely. My, my own mother, you know, she had my two brothers 12 and nine years older than me. Wow. And she's one day she, she turned to me and it wasn't too long ago, but she said, you know, I feel like I was more like your grandmother than your mother because mm. You know, I learned so I learned so many things by raising your brothers, yeah. and uh, by the time you came along, I knew I, I felt like I was wiser and I knew more of what to do and what how I could support you and love you. And uh, so, I think that that was always an interesting concept that my biological mother could also be my grandmother because I was yeah. my other grandmother died when I was four and. The other one had struggled with a lot of mental illness. So mm. uh, kind of realizing that that energy can come through your parents or come through these other loving members of your life uh, is such a opens your mind. Absolutely. I could relate to that as well. I mean, my parents were, we were a very much intact family unit that didn't really have much outside of that until I was 16. And so it did feel like my parents were kind of having to be all of those roles. Mm. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about your collaboration with uh, Mari in the Sky with the artwork. Sure. Well, it was such a gift, first of all, to work with her. Um, I know most people I know who have interacted with her or who know her products just love her. And it's because she lives her life and it, in a heart-centered way. And she's very open and authentic and honest. And I think that that comes through her art so strongly. You can It evokes such a strong feeling. And because this deck is such a feeling-based deck, it was really important to me to find an artist that could translate that in the art itself. So I originally uh, met Marty back in 2020 when she was doing her Gentle Tarot Kickstarter campaign and I was doing my Prairie Majesty one. So we met and we were part of another, uh, several other deck creators that were launching around that time. And we kind of became this little support group for each other. And so she and I became friends and I just was fangirling over her beautiful art. And I had been sort of looking for a while at that point to find an artist to bring these grandmothers to life. Uh, I felt like the photographs in the original, as beautiful as they were, I wanted something that was that could be more original and that could evoke more like imaginative elements. Mm-hmm. And so um, I worked up my nerve to ask her. I was a little bit nervous because she's just so incredible. And it was such an honor when she said yes to collaborating and illustrating this. 
I believe that was in January of 2021. So it's been almost two years now since then. And she was very gracious because the deck sort of evolved after she agreed. And I kept adding grandmothers as I understood it better. And she didn't really have time because of other projects on her plate to start really illustrating in earnest until last year. And so it was just a tremendous gift to work with her in part because we both approach creative projects in a similar way. It's really important to us to feel aligned with the spirit of it and to bring that through and not to force it and not to like micromanage or control it. Um, another gift that surprised me of working with her that I only realized recently um, when I worked with Amy Putney Koenig, who illustrated the Prairie Majesty Oracle deck, she and I both needed each other. Like Amy is an artist. I'm a writer. Neither of us could really do a deck by ourselves. And so mm -hmm. it was this harmonious uh, illustration of the themes in that deck because we both showed up in in our roles and let each other do the job. And then it came together and it was beautiful. Whereas with Marty, I I was sort of surprised in the beginning to have these feelings surface because Marty is both illustrator and writer. She's very talented and can create a deck all by herself. So I, there was a part of me that felt intimidated because I very much needed her. I'm not an artist, but she doesn't need me. She could go create a deck. Um, in fact, she's working on an Oracle deck to be a companion to her gentle tarot that I can't wait mm. for. Oh. But because of the friendship that we developed, I felt like I could process those feelings aloud, even with Marty, even with the very person that I was intimidated by. Um, I was able to voice those feelings and to feel very uh, nourished and held, like I could process them. Like Marty served as a grandmother for me as I worked through those feelings of self-worth or adequacy or like, am I up for this? And I feel like with Amy, I learned to to trust my gift, to show up and do it. And with Marty, I learned that it's enough. It's enough for me to be who I am, what I am, even though I can't illustrate the cards myself, if that makes sense. Right. And so working with her was, you know, it, it, it worked on all these different levels and uh, we're still very close today. And I, I just feel so grateful to have her in my life and the art that she created for each card was so fun to watch it come to life. Um, early on, she actually had asked me to do some, to basically give her some parameters of what I wanted each card to look like mm -hmm. in part because um, these grandmothers are so real to me and I'd worked with them for so long. I think she felt a little bit not intimidated, that's probably too strong of a word, but just like, okay, I want to get this right. And you already kind of know. And so that was also something that stretched me about this project because I went through and I made a Google slide for every grandmother and wrote out my concept for the art and, you know, pulled some different reference photos. And that was really cool to think about how to visually represent the energy. And then of course, she took that and ran with it and made it even more glorious and amazing than I could have imagined. Yeah. What did um, the uh, originals look like? Are they are they virtual art pieces or did she paint them? How, what's her medium? Yep, she does them with, um, trying to remember the program. She uses Procreate. And so it's um, digital illustrations on an iPad. I mean, she draws all of it herself. It's all from yeah. her. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really kind of fun as she was starting to kind of navigate, like, what's the style of this and what are the colors? And it was neat to be part of her thought process as she kind of approached all of that. And um, the cards themselves, uh, all of the words are in my handwriting. So that was important to me to feel it was difficult wow. to find a font that would be right. 
And so I hand wrote in cursive all of the themes and then I I made wow. a font of my handwriting for the rest of it. So you literally wrote this deck. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> that so that so was so cool. Thank that you. So cool. It was a really fun aspect of it for me that felt yeah. like even though like I said I'm not an artist, it allowed me to bring my energy to the image itself to the card that you look at. That was kind yeah, of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's that's really special. I'm I'm even, you know, I was just having a conversation earlier today about all this AI originated art. And mm. I'm wondering if decks like this are there's some of the last we're gonna have because I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it, I I hope not either. It's just it's just like that raven diving into the great mystery, but mm-hmm. um the artists taking so much time and mm-hmm. on on these decks is so beautiful. So <laughs> I'd say hold on to them. <laughs> yes. Well, hold and I I them. do think that you know when we're tuning in with our feelings and our antenna, we can tell when it's like that flat kind of dead. Just if it's AI art that's not infused with yeah. the human spirit, I think mm-hmm. you can feel that as a user. And so. I think there should be legal protections in place with AI art for sure. That's the lawyer part of me talking. Um, right, right. But but I do think the fact that that artists who create from their spirit and from their own energy that that actually comes through in their art, and I think that yeah. that will we can't ever. I don't think that will ever be lost or discounted. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, speaking to that attorney part of yourself, and now coming full circle in your career and and doing these uh, oracle decks and yeah. coming out to the world with them uh what what is what would you have to share to people in legal professions or other you know professions yeah more intellectually where, you know, logical professions yes exactly like what what is here for uh these worlds and what why might it be important for all professions professionals to to use these tools. I love that question. Thank you for giving me a chance to dive into it. It feels very juicy. So I personally feel like part of my role is as, as a bridge worker that I've got one foot in this, this academic corporate legal world and one foot in this, I'm trusting my feelings. I'm going with the flow. I can't prove or disprove this to anybody's satisfaction, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Right. I'm, it's been very, um, it's been a big part of my life journey to to come to this place of wholeness um, where I can feel both of those and I can trust and use both of them. And in the five and a half years since I first did the grandmothers, um, it's been really amazing that I've been at the same law firm the whole time. And there are actually people at my office that have purchased my decks. Some of them come mm-hmm. when I do local card readings. My boss has been really supportive, even though I don't know that it's necessarily a view that he shares on everything, but he's been very supportive of me pursuing it. And I've never mm-hmm. once felt like he was embarrassed of me. I, I think that's what I was worried about in the beginning, like that people mm-hmm. would see me as less intellectual and less trustworthy. So if anything, the the biggest thing that I could offer from that experience to other people who have chosen a profession that maybe is more tied to like our human left brain, you know, five senses kind of experience is that you can step out of that limitation and it's not as scary as you might think because we're, I really do believe we're all hardwired to use all of it, you know, to have this multi-sensory perception that goes beyond the physical tactile world that we can touch and see and interact with. And I've noticed, especially over the last decade or so, 
maybe it's just the people I interact with in my own life, but I feel like there are a lot of people who are searching for meaning and who are searching for connection and for spiritual understanding. And maybe they don't identify with what they were raised in, whether that was Mm -hmm. religion through a spiritual community or the religion of politics or the religion of (laughs) some belief system that they no longer identify with and don't, don't feel like it fits anymore. And I think Oracle decks, I don't believe you need an Oracle deck to connect with your intuition or to get to know your support team on the other side, but they can be a tool that helps us bridge that gap, especially if we are someone that that needs to see it outside of ourselves to trust it and believe it. I think that's why Oracle decks were such a such an eye-opener for me when I started using them because I would be getting these gut feelings and then I would see that reflected in the cards. It like yeah. People often say, like, you can't make this stuff up, <laughs> that there would be these synchronicities and things that would come mm-hmm. through that were mm-hmm. so validating and so confirming of what my gut was telling me. And so I think that that's part of the utility of these kinds of practices is that it helps us to to bridge that divide between, okay, I need to see it to believe it, and I'm feeling this, and I can't explain it to anybody's satisfaction. It helps us bring all of that together. Um and it's just been such a tremendous relief for me. The more that I have stepped into the wholeness of who I am, uh, to feel like I'm a, I'm safe to do that. I'm allowed to do that. If anything, I have I have connected with so many people because of facing that fear that I had. It almost seems silly to me now that I was ever afraid of it, but there was a time when it was terrifying for me to think about telling my boss that I was doing this or you know, people I'm friends with on Facebook that knew me in law school, it was very scary to think about how they might react. And now that has dissolved for me and it's liberated me and it's, it's made it possible for me to pursue what I'm doing now. And so it's, it's been amazing. Fabulous. Well, this is so great. And uh, the synchronicities were there for me right away with this first card for the new year. Oh, I love that contemplating these mysteries of the universe and then it just seems like a guide just came right out to to be with me so yeah. I love this deck so much Thank I you. noticed in your book that you have a um book coming soon or um yeah something from joyful resonance that would you like to share about that sure so joyful resonance is my business um that i formed back in 2017 which was kind of cool that i could form it myself i do that as part of my legal practice but i could you know create my own llc so that was neat (laughs) to use that skill set um so i've been writing a book uh for about a year and a half now i have maybe one chapter to go and uh, i'm in the process of getting ready to query agents, which is really exciting um, and hoping to find a publishing house this year. And I know that over all these years of self-publishing, and I've also worked with Hay House, that I've, I feel very grateful that I've gotten a chance to experience the traditional publishing world and the indie world. And there's such beautiful things about both. Yeah. And so I'm doing my best to um, welcome this grandmother stingray energy. So she always teaches about detachment that the destruction energy she brings is the death of expectations and she like flows through the water with ease. And so I'm on this threshold of figuring out the best way to put my book in the world and trying to be very open to however that unfolds. Wonderful. And uh, are you allowed to give us a little peek as to what that book will cover for for those that are interested in? 
Sure. Um, so it's a book that is about the last decade of my life and it's, uh, I haven't shared the title yet cause it might change, but it's, right. it's part memoir part. I don't really like the term self-help, but I suppose that's the genre that it might get tagged by. Um, it's really a story. It's a story of my search for belonging and of my search for myself, of how to trust myself, how to um, integrate all these disparate aspects of me. So that really, the separation I experienced at eight years old was defining for my life. And then there are a number of other separations that occurred that also um, forced me to shift and to change. And so the the book covers um, on a very intimate level what those experiences were like and how it changed for me. Um, one of my favorite types of books to read is a story. I love books where someone shares their their experience of navigating common themes that we all experience, like self-doubt and um, uncomfort or discomfort, um, having questions, wondering where you fit in, wondering what you're here to do. And I can't answer that question for anyone but myself. And right. so I've, I'm very careful in my book to make clear I'm not setting out a formula or a blueprint for anybody right. to follow because I think it's a mistake when mm. I shouldn't say a mistake. For me, that's not the right path. I've never found anyone else that has all the answers for me. And so I want to share my own experience as an illustration of the potential when we start that journey inward and we start to really tune into the the unseen and what can that hold for us and how can it help us so i share stories about like real world examples of how different energies helped me through difficulties with parenthood or in my marriage or with health crises or um figuring out what i'm here to do what i'm passionate about what i what i want to do with my life and i think those are even though my stories are specific to me i think those are universal questions that we all grapple with and so i'm it's a little bit scary. I feel kind of naked thinking about people reading it because it's mostly been me in my basement just writing away. <laughs> but it's it's exciting to think about um, about sharing that. And it's so many of the stories in my book are actually background on the grandmothers, to be honest with you. So many of these grandmothers are based on this close circle of guides that I work with the most. And so there's stories in the book about how I first felt them, how I connected with them. And it's a very different kind of writing. Um, writing these guidebooks has been a tremendous exercise for me in trusting and translating what I feel. But I was always doing it in a more objective way. Like, how can I write about this energy and define a container so that wherever someone is at, there might be something in it that will resonate and that will be useful. Whereas in my book, it's it's me nakedly like sharing what that felt like. So it's it's been a really... Uh, a really big project and something I'm excited to share when the time's right. Wow. What a journey and what uh, a gift that you're giving to the world in, in, in so many ways that we can discover ourselves and intimate, have this intimate bond with the beyond and our yes. and those guides that are individual to us. Uh, it's just such a great answer to, you know, histories of oppression and religion and things that mm -hmm. have kept us from living in just this way. So I'm so happy that you oh, can share thank your you. story. <laughs> thank you. Well, I really believe each of us is so wise and is sovereign mm -hmm. and has access to this beautiful intelligence. Right. We do have answers and we just, yeah. it like uncovering 
our access to that is such a big job that we all have right now. And I think when, when we're connected to that and we source our belonging from there, it just makes it so much easier to walk through life and to, to help uh, resolve a lot of the problems that are in our world right now. A lot of the disease structures and systems of oppression and of um, exclusion. Mm -hmm. And so I think starting from that place, if everybody knew that they were enough and that they had the right to live their life the way they wanted, I think that would go a long ways towards creating a society where everybody had what they needed and could live their life freely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is such a blessing. How can our audience find the song of the grandmothers? Where is it for sale? Where can they get it? Sure. Um, it's on my website, joyfulresonance.com. It's also on my Etsy store. Um, and it's if you do the uh, website songofthegrandmothers.com, it'll take you to that page on my website. And uh, we have had some people request doing a bundle with the Gentle Tarot. So Marty also has it for sale on her channels, which is, I believe it's just thegentletarot.com. Wonderful. Well, yeah. great. We'll look out for that. And Thank we'll you. have to see you around the next bend. And when your book comes out, that would be great to to read and and hear those details of your journey so oh well i'd be honored thank you Sandra. wonderful thank you see you next time okay thanks <laughs>